Welcome to Rain City Jerks, episode four. You won't, you wouldn't know this, but there was a break. We there's a one week we didn't record, so this is like a catch up episode. Uh, next week will be a mustard episode. Yeah, we hope you relish it. That was good. I'm sorry. That was good though. Yeah, it was okay. I want a horseradish mustard episode. Uh, all right, we were just talking about how you are currently in a kick of torturing your girlfriend with bad movies. She couldn't handle Naked Lunch because of bugs. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, you know when you said that, I thought you meant I thought you meant Eraserhead. In my head, you meant Eraserhead, but also very difficult to watch. Yeah, but for different reasons. For different reasons. Okay. Uh, it's an antinatalist's wet dream. Uh-huh. Uh, it it's one of the closest things to just sitting through psychological torture in my mind is watching that baby cry. Oh, for sure. For an hour. But you know what? Like that's the artistry of that movie is like it is psychological torture. But mm-hmm. David Lynch was successful with his vision. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he was. David Lynch is one of those directors that's like, I respect the shit out of him, but like, man, he makes some difficult art. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's not like light. Viewing. It's not really good. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of gets a pass for being yeah. like the weird guy. Like, he kind of like carved a place for himself early on as just being this like weird dude. And I, then like people are like, no, this is good. But it's like, is it good? Like, I've seen all of Twin Peaks. I was a big Twin Peaks fan. I've got a Twin Peaks tattoo. It's not that good. It's 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 great. I mean, it's amazing, but it's not that good. It, it was pretty good through like the first season and like a third. I, yeah, and this is like I'm a fan, but it's not very good in my opinion. It's I, it's fucking just bonkers, and you're just like, what the fuck? I, I think he was like the only one doing it like that. That long ago, in for the sure. 60s and 70s, and now it's like, yeah, e- everyone's doing fucked up shit. It's not special anymore. If he was just right, I mean, doing without it now, David Lynch, like he he moved culture. He, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what you have to appreciate about David Lynch is like he shifted culture into a weirder direction. Yeah, it's like, hey, you want to see some fucked up shit? Before him, it was just like John your, Waters. Your friend would take you out into the woods to show you a dead body. Right. That was what David Lynch films were before. Yeah. And you'd poke him with a stick. I imagine a lot of home movies were pretty weird, too. Like, your uncle just shows... Like, if you have an uncle who has, like... He's a weird guy, and he has, like, a little Super 8, and he's into making, like, like, torturing animals and filming it or something, then he's just like, hey, 10-year-old, you want to watch this? I think it's hilarious. Uh, Was this your uncle? No, it's not. But, uh... I'm just I'm just imagining like a film freak uncle who it, it was so hard to record video back then. I mean, what is he going to balance a Sup- huge no, camcorder super, super on neat. his uh, shoulder while he's torturing some muskrat in the backyard? I mean, you get a you can get a tripod. Yeah, I guess so. But Super Eight, are you familiar with Super Eight? The the movie or the technology? The technology. Eh, not 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 tremendously. I know that it's a, a it's a film type yeah it's eight millimeter film Mm -hmm. and it came in like these cool little cartridges sure they usually had about 120 feet of film in them Mm -hmm. which uh i think that's right uh our fans can correct us and uh that that lasted about 12 minutes 
and you can make stop animation with them. <coughs> Early stop animation, pretty good because it was like a pull trigger. Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. And some of them had triggers where you could set it to like do three frames. So yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's just like for stop motion. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. So you only have to pull it seven times um, for each frame, and they're just they're just like some of the first readily available. Like if you if you ever if you ever saw home movies of like your parents, yeah, like this was technology when you, like our parents were coming out, we were, we were growing up, and so it was just like you know silent and kind of grainy, but kind of like beautiful in their own way, and just like you need a real projector to use them. Yeah. I was. I was. I recall that. I, I. I. I took some film classes in high school where we made Super 8 movies and like they were pretty fucking fun. And like when you, we made. I made a music video on one and it was pretty cool. What song? Uh. Me and my. It was about. Uh, eating vegetables, I think. So it was original. It content. was an original content song, yeah. and then me and my friend, well, my teacher, uh. She used to do this movie night, kind of like, it would be cool to do it. I don't know if there's much of a scene here to do it, but, like, she used to do this thing back in Providence called uh, Movies with Live Soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And so just people would make bizarre uh, Super 8 movies, or any kind of movie, really. To like It doesn't it didn't matter, digital, what film, whatever. We were using Super 8. Uh, and so you would record a thing. And then you would show it. And so <clears throat> me and my friends were like 15 and we're in this theater in Providence. Uh, and we performed a punk rock song to this song about eating vegetables. And everyone fucking loved it because we were like 15, you know, and just like hanging out in this weird theater at like midnight doing this thing. Was it pro or anti eating vegetables? Uh, it was pro eating vegetables. It was pro eating vegetables. Believe yeah, one of these posters, the red one over there, is a movies with live soundtrack poster. Oh, excellent! Uh, it was pretty cool for the audience listening at home who cannot see the poster. It is indeed red. It's a hand printed, hand screen printed poster from the glory golden days. Well, actually, it was like the the end of the golden days of Providence art by uh, a screen print artist and other sort of artist Xander Morrow if you want to check her out Fatal Eggs on Instagram okay shout out uh, if Xander would like to sponsor our podcast please we will say anything you want yeah that would be cool she was awesome uh, what other alright we're talking about movies so like yes, what other yes. movies uh, girlfriend torturing movies uh, what do we watch we watch Dead Ringers okay the I, other I, day I know I've seen that one but remind me of the plot so it's a it's a movie about twin gynecologists Maybe they haven't. And they're this. they're identical twins, and they're brilliant in the field of gynecology. Okay. And male, one female? male. Oh, male. Yeah. Okay. And one of them is like suave and outgoing, and the other one is kind of weird and introverted. Okay. And these gynecologists, what they'll do is the suave one will like seduce women, and then he'll like let the weird brother sleep with them. And they have some uh, bizarre relationship with each other where the boundaries of where one starts and the other one ends uh, is kind of blurred. 
And as the movie goes on, uh, a femme fatale is introduced that complicates their relationship, and they spiral into drug addiction, and things get weird. You know, it's a lot of uh, body horror, like Cronenberg is known for. It's a David Cronenberg film, uh, and weird, like, psychological transformation stuff is this in there. pre or post The Fly? I believe it's post. It's from uh, 1988. So it was kind of, you know, the sweet spot for Cronenberg uh, psychological horror suspense releases. Have you ever seen uh, uh, Existence? I haven't, but I've heard of that. Oh, boy. That Pretty was, good? That's a good one. It's got Jude Law. Okay. It's got uh, the guy who plays uh, Bilbo Baggins. Sure. It's yeah. Got, uh, 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 Willem Dafoe. It's an all-star cast. Yeah, there might be some more people in there of note. It is a wild ride of a movie. Yeah, uh, really incredible. Uh, now the million-dollar question here is: Will it freak my girlfriend out? What freaks your girlfriend out? I imagine her tolerance is pretty high dating you. You cut me. You cut me, <laughs> Jack. Uh. I don't know, just we- weird stuff. Okay. Stuff that you would see and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe there's... All right, so I'll describe a scene. Yeah. I'll describe... I'll, I'll give you the basic plot points of existence and then describe one scene, and maybe you will be able to tell me... Uh, if if this, it'll freak if my girlfriend will out. this freak your girlfriend out. All right, lay it so on me. So the major plot of the movie is that... I'm trying to think about how I can say this without like giving much away because I really want you to actually see this movie. I mean, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to. Yo, don't, 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 don't spoil the yeah, twist. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. So, okay, so a there's a new gaming system that's coming out on the market. Yeah. And it plugs into your spinal cord, and it's like this like organic. It's like they grow this video game machine, and yeah. you have to get a port for it, and then it puts its little like tentacle dick in the port, and yeah. then you connect to this thing, and then okay. it's like you're in the game. It's like v- advanced VR because it's like yeah. plugging directly into, into your brain, into your brain, yeah, yeah. And and so that happens, and then a bunch of shit happens in that. Right, hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. And is there a lot of like weird scenes of the? video game dick plugging into people yes yeah she's gonna love that and there's like a big pneumatic air gun thing that just like pops a port into you yeah you know just like a band-aid yeah a guy's port gets infected at one point sure uh because it was an unregistered dirty garage port black market ports it's a black market it was a black market port yeah and then all right so one scene that i'll describe okay they're at this gmo amphibian farm and this is where they get their parts to get to build the games it's like they have all these like gmo amphibians and then they like vi- cut them up vivisect yeah. them and take out various organs that make up the game console and at one point someone starts uh taking all these like amphibian pieces and then makes a handgun and then removes a chunk of his own teeth 
because it's like dentures or something. Mm-hmm. And then he makes like a tooth shooting gun and he kills people with it. Uh, with, we've got to regulate teeth now. With, yeah, would that freak her out? I think so. And that that's that's kind of what we're looking for here. Okay. Yeah, and as she becomes inured to uh, worse and worse body horror, you know, just have to diversify. Yeah. Uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. There you go. Um, you brought up vivisection. What would you say is the best vivisection scene in movies? Boy, uh, well, my uncle makes a good one. Uh, Super 8, baby. <laughs> Use Kodachrome so the reds really pop out. Really pop, yeah. Uh, that's some photography joke chat right there. Uh, I know mine. I'll go first. You can think about it. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know a lot of movies with, with a lot of vivisection. Have you seen The Cell? With Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters once. It, it's, again, so a long time ago. psychological body horror uh, it's based like on... It's pre-Matrix. Yeah, it's pre-Matrix. It's pre-Matrix, but it's like, it is pre-Matrix. You know what I mean? I feel like that is the prequel to The Matrix. Uh, it, 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 it's a little Matrixy. It's a little uh, Inception-y. Uh, a little uh, Fantastic Voyage-y. Um, basically Jennifer Lopez plays a psychologist and she gets, uh, I believe injected into a serial killer's like mind and they're trying to find out where he's hidden the body of this victim. Right. Cause she's going to die from some trap. And there's a scene in that movie where they come across a horse in this guy's psychology and she's like standing next to the horse and all of a sudden uh, all of these like panes of glass come down and like vertically dissect this horse into hundreds of little like slides of horse. And then they spread apart and uh, it's pretty wild. It was pretty well done, especially for what that would have been probably early 2000s. I wonder if that, that was, was I wonder if that was pre or post Damien Hurst. Uh, Is that a serial killer? No, you don't know Damien Hurst. Uh, he's a visual artist, mm. kind of a, a douchebag of a okay, visual okay. artist. Uh, a lot of people have problems with him. Like he took a real human skull and covered it in uh, diamonds, I think, and made that art. And Sounds like, classy. Yeah, uh, and people had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And he also has an exhibit where he has like a uh, a shark okay cut up and splayed out in like resin sounds pretty cool it sounds pretty cool but it yeah. sounds like similar to that yeah it could be but for my money best vivisection in film isn't there a uh, movie called vivisector i don't know yeah. probably there should be if there's yeah, not probably Get a copyright on that. Are you familiar with the uh, industrial band uh, uh, Skinny Puppy? I am. At one point, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you probably do. They're they're very pro animal rights. Sure. Like that's kind of their whole deal is they're pro animal rights, and uh, they were taken to court for one of their concerts for animal cruelty because they performed a vivisection on a like 
stuffed animal. Like it wasn't a do- real dog at all. Yeah. But like enough people in the audience thought it was like a real dog. It was like a taxidermy dog. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Enough people thought it was like a real dog that they like freaked out and called the cops and like they had to go to court and prove that it was like not real. And Ozzy Osbourne can bite the head off a bat yeah. with no consequences. Right. I th- didn't he get consequences. Yeah, he got the coronavirus from it. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Right. Patient zero right there, baby. So, at the time of this recording, the Omicron variant of COVID yeah. just dropped. Brand yeah. new, hot off the presses. Uh, isn't that, like, one of the major bad guys from Transformers, the movie? Like, isn't that, like, the Planet Eater Transformer? Yeah, Om- he, he, he's the size of a Transformer. Yeah. Or he's, he's the size of a planet. Right. Yeah. Omicron. I think what that's was his name, yeah. It was, I think uh, it's, like, Omicron. It was Omicron, yeah. And so every time I hear like Omnic like I saw a headline there, like Doctor Fauci says uh, U.S. should do everything it can to defend against Omicron variant, and I'm like, oh fuck, the Transformers are here. Call up Optimus Prime. Yeah. What's he doing? Get Bumblebee out here. Secretary of Transportation. What do you think the chances of like COVID 2.0 happening? Like new lockdown, new like Australia is still fucked up on their lockdowns, like. I think they've had the world's lar- longest longest lockdown. They're 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 putting people in uh, quarantine centers. Yeah, like calling up the military to bring them into those centers. Um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty likely that we'll see. Uh, what is it now? Uh, almost December. Almost December. almost December. I I bet we'll see a booster mandate by February. Have you been boosted? Fuck no. Yeah, me either. I I, I only got the uh, the first two because I wanted to participate in society in any meaningful way. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have. Absolutely. No, and I'm I, not even anti-vax, but I'm just like, I don't get any. Like, I got the mandatories, like. Because you they were mandatory. Because they were mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm anti-people telling me what to do. Okay. Yeah. And. You know, maybe that's a little contrarian, but uh, yeah, that's how I live my whole life to this point. Yeah. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I'm glad I got it, I guess, in theory, but like, I'm no, I wasn't worried about it before. Yeah. It wasn't a concern to me. No, I think that this variant will basically just be the exact same thing as the previous ones. Uh, what was that big scare headline that they released a couple weeks ago that in 2021 we've already surpassed? the 2020 death toll and it's only november mm-hmm. and it's like oh we got more vax more immunity and still more deaths right so we're doing something wrong and i heard that uh the deer population is is running rampant through the, oh yeah the deer which i find just to be amazing because like and just for the record, we are non-medical professionals, and we have really no idea what we're talking about. Uh, I'm actually but, a massage therapist, oh, so my God, I am a medical professional. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we are. I. I didn't. I thought that was the whole thing with viruses that like they don't jump between animals and people all that much, and so like the fact that like these deer are getting it, like that's not normal. That's not normal, right? Like it's like I've never given my dog a cold, as far as I know. So, some viruses, and I know that this specific coronavirus, they can exist in certain animal populations. Um, but if it can go to deer, why 
isn't it going to cows because they're both ungulates? I don't know. That's uh, word, maybe they don't have the same kind of receptors that deer have to kind of interface with a disease or, uh, you know, maybe they're just so pumped full of antibiotics in the feedlots that it nukes everything in their system. But that's one of the reasons why we can't realistically like make COVID go extinct because it's got this huge animal reservoir and yeah, you know, it's going to mutate uh, multiple times a year into something slightly different. And uh, yeah, government's going to take big advantage of that. And it's just, I mean, it came from a laboratory, you know, that, yeah. like that. Yeah. It came from a laboratory. Came from a Labrador. Yeah. I don't think it was intentional. I'm not of that conspiracy mind that I think someone was like, Mwah. <laughs> it was intentional to make it. No, it maybe it wasn't part, intentional to release no, right. it, but they yeah, like. For sure. Uh, it's like, oh, let's go into this cave of bats and like spray them with things that will make a coronavirus that is more likely to implant itself in people's lungs or. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, that that was a conspiracy, you remember, like a oh, year yeah, ago, saying sure. that it was made in a lab. You were, you were a nut job, and now, yeah. now it's like, I don't think it's totally certain yet, but I think it's like pretty much it, certain. It's widely accepted by anyone right. who can think critically. Right. Yeah, which I guess is fewer people now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, just we get another lockdown. Yeah, you want you want another one? Yeah, I get FOMO, and so like I just knowing that no one's doing anything yeah. cool really kind of makes me feel better. Is that why you're such a social butterfly? It is. Yeah. It really is. Uh, I was talking with uh, local comedian Paul Curry. We should get him on here. We should. Uh, I was t- talking with him last night, um, and we both kind of miss the lockdown in some ways because. Uh, in some ways we could just stop thinking about doing stand up and knowing that nobody was doing stand up and but just knowing that stand up as a concept exists while I'm alive like drives me crazy if I'm not doing it i'm just like i it just knowing that other people are doing it i'm not even jealous that they're well i'm, I'm envious that they're doing it i'm not like why didn't i get it but i am but like it's more of just like knowing that it's a possibility. It makes me do it. Like I just it's compulsory. Okay. And fun. And fun. I do love it. But it's just like I don't know if I could take it. I don't know if I could stop doing it. Into I don't know if I could do it sometimes. I don't know if I could do it like just as a, like I don't know, it's fun. What 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 percentage of your drive to do stand up comedy would you say is pathological? What does that mean? Uh, let's say unhealthy. Like the healthy part would be like, yes, this is something that I like to do. I feel like I have a talent for it. Doing it makes me feel good. So I go out and do it. And the pathological part would be like uh, FOMO, say. I would say 70, 30, 30 being pathological. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. You got to hate it a little bit to do it well. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's true. I only want hobbies that are going to, like, take over and ruin my life and relationships. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that uh, really makes it feel real for and I, me. And I need a somewhat of a delusional fantasy world to escape into where I think that I can, like... Make it? Make it. Yeah, you got to make it. Yeah. I've tried it with uh, various avenues of artwork, bands, painting. Sure. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm, Never mm-hmm. felt quite right. Stand up, I'm like, oh, no, I, I, this feels, I could, I could do this. Yeah. And I still think I can, but at the same time, I think, like, I think, it, like, basically, as soon as I'm, like, taking the step off normal reality and just pursuing comedy full time, yeah, I think the world's going to end. Like, it's just going to be, like, and a volcano goes off and the power grid goes down and... Uh, well, that's the best case scenario, man. It really is. Then, then you don't have to fail. Yeah. Yeah. No, then you'll just be like, oh, Jack Slattery, full-time professional comedian, made it. Volcano. Yeah. Alien invasion. Would you rather massive volcano eruptions or aliens to come over? And, and and fuck us up, not be path like aggressive aliens, right? Like who just strip mine our planet and enslave you, fucking go Galactus on us. Yeah. Oh, enslave us. Put like some sort of mind control collar on you. So theoretically, uh, Mount Rainier would go off. And just liquefy us all. Well, I mean, that's not enough to fuck up the whole world. Oh, it, it's enough to fuck us up in Seattle, though. Sure, So yeah. that, that would be a relatively quick death. If it, if it was, like, some sort of global uh, volcanic... I guess... Do you think Rainier, if it blew up, it would fuck Seattle? Like, it would, like, fuck Seattle? I think. Oh, yeah. So it would be a huge earthquake that would make a gigantic tsunami. And the way that... Seattle's uh, like geology is uh, it would basically turn all of like the land that Seattle sits on into water. It would liquefy our soil and just sinkhole the entire west coast of you know probably uh, from Everett down to like SeaTac maybe. Hmm. or further I, I don't really know but i know seattle would be gone and that's kind of why uh it's so dangerous to have a city here is because that's what a, a volcanic eruption would do interesting from that volcano that are you know we're basically sitting right on you know we're like oh we're 40 miles from rainier that's not far that's that's far enough yeah but no like between the earthquake and the tsunami uh the ash fall and the, you know, basically liquidation of the soil that we sit on. Yeah, I can game over. So, But if I'd that d- went off, the whole ring of fire would probably go off. I yeah, maybe. 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 Uh, I mean, for the montage, you'd have to play that Johnny Cash song, Ring of Fire. Oh, for sure. And then you, like, zoom out and you just see, like, yeah. the like whole all the, planet, vo- all the like volcanoes ring of fire. just, like, going off. That would be during the actual movie, and then, like, for the credits roll, you would play the uh, social distortion version of yeah. Ring of Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so would you rather that or alien enslavement? With the, you know, is, that, is that, like, forever? 
as long as your body lasts. Could I be like a like a house pet? Could I get light duty? Or are they just gonna like put me in the cobalt mines until I die? Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone would think that you're cute enough to take you in as a pet. I don't know if that's how they work. Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a looker. I yeah. know that that's what I'm getting by on. I might be okay with being an alien pet. A pet is different than a slave. Oh, a pet is different. There's than a lot of similarities, but it is different. Yeah. I would be... I could be maybe a pet. I would be fine with being put in a human zoo, too. Yeah. Like a monkey like a monkey pit. Sure. Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, like a, like an environment that's uh, not quite where you live in, but kind of styled to represent your environment. Like a city? Like it would be like a faux city? Um, and you could just like occupy it. Yeah, so it would basically be like a, a version of basically like The Sims. Okay. Yeah. I like, was thinking you know, more like a, a natural environment, but okay. Well, this is your natural environment. They would come down and be like, "Oh, he lives in this kind of an environment, and he goes around to these kind of places." So we've got to, you know, show our patrons, you know, this guy. Uh, they have, like a, they have like a robot coffee shop. A robot coffee shop. Uh, I would start an open mic so soon. You would. And then, I don't know, I wonder how our alien overlords feel about satire. Yeah. I feel like the aliens in, uh, have you seen that? It's like a web comic, and the aliens are doing human things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I do like those. Yeah, they were they were internet darlings until I found out that the guy was uh, pro-choice or pro-life rather. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Then the internet turned on him. Really? Yeah, that's what the internet does. That's what the internet does. But I didn't yeah. know that he was hard pro-life. Does he have cartoons about that? No. Oh. It'd be funny if he did though. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like that seems like a big enclosure, though. They don't give like I'm thinking of like human zoos. They don't they don't give like the elephants like a savanna. They give it like a model scale replica of a savanna, which is not the savanna. Right, right. But like, okay, so they used to put them in basically a jail cell. Sure. You know the zoos in the '60s and '70s. Yeah. But now they make like, you know, they give them maybe like an acre of savanna, which is pitiful compared to what their natural range is. But still, you know, they've got a little watering hole. They've got some trees. They've got some area they can walk back and forth. So they would have to, you know, in this alien zoo, it would have to be some <laughs> sort of like... city blocks. Yeah, exactly. A few city blocks and like more things crammed into those city blocks than you would normally have. Right. So it'd be like, you know, your uh, your apartment, a restaurant. Uh, the restaurant's also a bar at night and like a weed shop. But who's like serving these? Some sort of robot? Some sort of android human? Or would you have to have a job in the zoo? So Maybe you would want a job. Maybe you would be like, this gives me something to do. And just like someone drops off food and then it's like your job to deal with it. Well, no, it's the kind of thing where like the animals in the zoo don't have to hunt. Right. That's their job is to hunt. And sure. so you wouldn't have to do your job just like while you were sleeping or, you know, throughout the day, 
uh, they'd put cheeseburgers in the restaurant. And then when you were hungry or during feeding time, you would go to the restaurant and eat cheeseburgers. Just like a cold cheeseburger. Eh, you know, maybe they warm it up for you. But, you know, it's there. You don't, you don't have to hunt it. You know, you're not in any sort of situation where you could ostensibly fail. You're completely taken care of. There is no, uh, there's no stakes. Well, in this situation, I would imagine that they would have some sort of food replicator and hologram system. So I guess you could just be like, go into the thing, and there's just like a hologram food dispenser, and it's just like one. You have a menu of like Cool Ranch Doritos, Mountain Dew, pepperoni pizza, cheese pizza, cheeseburger. That's it. Damn, it's like a gamer's paradise. Yeah. Salad. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you'd be like, okay, I guess I'll have the pepperoni pizza and a cheeseburger today. And then you make a pepperoni cheeseburger calzone by just folding the burger. Roll it up. Yeah. Uh, I folded up some pizza slices the other day. Oh, yeah, you were saying that. Yeah, I was on a show at a pizza joint, and I ran out of material. Okay. How long were you doing? Eh, Maybe. So it was only three people on the show, and it was one of those uh, ill-fated, basically a music performance with some comedy in the middle. Has never worked well uh, in my experience, but, you know, whatever. It was a paid gig uh, at a pizza joint in Lacey, so we went and did it. And uh, she was just like, do as long as you want. So I did like 15 minutes and was like, hey, how's that pizza? There's a table sitting in front. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I wanted to, I wanted to spice things up. I wanted to get this table involved. So I'm like, what do you think? You think I could fit all three of those pieces of pizza in my mouth at the what, same what time? What flavor of pizza? And uh, how big of a slice? What style of pizza? I would say like a, a standard Pizza Hut slice. It wasn't like a New York slice, but it also wasn't like a square of pizza. Yeah, you know, it's a okay. s- standard slice. But, like, slice. thick, not thin. Uh, original. A medium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a medium. It was not like a... a Crunchy? Soft? A soft. You know, okay. just just normal... Garlic on the bottom? No garlic on the bottom. Uh, there was garlic as a topping. Okay. It, was, it was pretty good pizza, I gotta okay. say. It was, like, uh, onions, garlic, olives, uh, and, like, spicy sausage. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds good. That's pretty a mouthful good. right there, though. It was piled high. Yeah. These toppings were piled high, and as soon as I actually got a look at these slices, I knew that I'd bitten off more than I could chew. Yeah. Yeah. Metaphorically and realistically. And realistically. And so I took all three pizza slices and stacked them on top of each other and attempted to, to basically deep throat the slices. Were they all three the same type? Same type, same okay. size. Okay. You know, just, just three of the same. Three of the same. That was like, okay. it was a table of six, and they'd had like three pies, and that was what was left. Oh, okay, I see. I see. And did you manipulate them at all? Did you squish them at all, or just? I, I, I should have. Okay, but no. Somebody pointed out to me later that if I would have rolled them up, then maybe and I did could you go have... vertical or horizontal? Vertical. Okay. Yeah, like how you would normally eat a slice of pizza, holding the crust, going point first. Uh huh. But it was like a triple decker. Right. And I kind of, you know, tested my gag reflex with the point of it. Tried to just jam it in, and saw that that wasn't going to work. And then I kind of turned it horizontal in my mouth with mm-hmm. the point of the pizza going into one cheek and trying to jam the crust side 
into the other cheek. Sure, sure. So it's kind of horizontally getting scrunched into the cavity of my mouth. Right. Uh, didn't work. Okay. And I was kind of half choking on, you know, what I'd been able to bite off at that time. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was kind of chewing and maneuvering and, and trying did, to get this pizza in my mouth all the while everybody is watching. Do they like it? They were they were entertained. They were entertained. They were entertained. It was basically like a, like a freak show. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because this was, you know, kind of a, Comedy a more... needs more of that. That's kind of what I do when I run out of material. It's just turn into a freak, freak show. show. So the pizza, I've done a couple push-up contests. With just people in the audience? With people in the audience, yeah. How many push-ups can you do without stopping? Like 25, 30. Okay. Yeah. So I just a recently good, a good heard, number. I just recently heard if you can do 40 push-ups for men of our age. Yeah. Uh, early 40s. Yeah. Um, you, in late 30s. Yeah. Uh, if you can do 40 push-ups without stopping, you are like apparently in very good shape so i i can do if if i rested you know because i both of these times i've done push-up contests has been after like a heavy chest workout okay. either that day or the day before okay. so i was already fatigued going into that sure. uh i i think maybe i could get 40 um i won one of the push-up contests by merit of the other guy doing terrible push-ups oh, okay yeah and the other one I lost, uh, and, you know, uh, as soon as I announced the push-up contest, I saw a hand go up in the back, and I was excited. because. Nice. And what did know, this guy look like? Uh, the cheater or the, the... Both. Okay, so the cheater was like a, a, I would say he had an anarchist's body. Life. Very skinny, uh, a lot of patchy facial hair. Okay. Um, and he was only going down... His, his elbows weren't getting to 90 degrees. Okay. So he kind of disqualified himself. Did you have a judge? Uh, the public okay. was the judge. Everyone was watching. And they called him out? Yeah. Okay. Or actually, I, I called him out. Okay. You were you, you could see it? I could see it because I was up on the stage and he was, you know. Oh, you weren't doing them simultaneously? We were doing them okay. simultaneously, but he didn't come on stage. He oh. just did it on the disgusting bar floor. Idiot. Eh. You know, he's an anarchist. Uh and I was like, hey, you know, he's still going, but look at those push-ups. He's hardly going down at all. I get my whole torso flat on the ground. Very anal retentive about form. Okay. Uh, the push-up contest that I lost, I saw the hand shoot up, and I was like, oh, all right, someone for the push-up contest. And then he walked up, and it was a very muscular black guy, and I knew my goose was cooked. Yeah. Yeah. How many did he do? I think 40-plus. So he's in excellent shape. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Did he win anything? Or he just uh, wanted to show off. Both. I okay. mean, he won bragging rights, I suppose. Uh, and maybe those are like reparations. Did you... So have you done the eating contest in other situations? I think that was the first eating contest. I've done some like handstands. And like uh, backbend walkovers on stage, and only moderately injured myself doing so. Um, I used to do high kicks over the mic stand back when I was a little more flexible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have a joke where I would dive off of the stage into empty front rows. Like backyard wrestling comedy. Yeah, yeah. 
How did that go? Did people like that? Uh, people loved the spectacle. Yeah. Uh, the producers of The Room did not care for that joke. I would imagine. At all. I would imagine so, yeah. Uh, the first time I did it, everything went according to plan. Where was that at? It was at Jai Tai. It was at Jai Tai. It was at Jai Tai. Okay, did you break anything? No, and like, I, I'm concerned about not breaking my body. Yeah. And I kind of figured it out. I would jump off of the stage and kind of like turn my body uh, parallel to the row of chairs. And so I would land on multiple chairs. On multiple chairs. So you didn't break any of the I chairs. I didn't break any of the chairs. But the second time I did it, my foot caught the mic cable. Oh, no. And I like slammed the mic into the ground. Oh, no. And then afterwards, Bo Johnson was like, hey, you can't do that anymore. But he let you do it the first time. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't know you were doing it the first time, but well, the first time it was fine, yeah, because I didn't hurt their microphone at all. They don't care. They don't care about my body, right? Oh well, that was back in the heydays of Jai mm-hmm. Tai. Although mm-hmm. I don't know when the heydays exactly of Jai Tai were. For those listening, Jai Tai uh, is a Thai restaurant located in the heart of Capitol Hill on Broadway, and uh, I believe it's seven one four Broadway, and. For my tenure here in Seattle, which is going on three years, Jai Tai has been somewhat of a hub of comedy, and uh, they had shows there Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, there pre-pandemic, and it was a hoppin' hot spot. And then local comedian and friend, friend of the show, Paul Curry, took it over, and there was a lot to say about that. And uh, as we're all seeing post-COVID, you know, things are things are building back slowly. So Jai Tai is not what it once was, but it's still a hop and hub of comedy here in Seattle. Yeah. Well, the heyday, I believe, was before Jai Tai got canceled. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a huge production team, uh, right. you right. know, putting together... You know, not not tremendously higher quality content, but it had like it was good. Yeah, you know, they'd make more videos and yeah. stuff that play before the the show. And uh, pre pandemic, there was just a bigger pool of comedians to draw from. There really was. Yeah, like a lot of people left and didn't come back. Yeah, which is good for us, but some know, of them I don't even remember to be honest. You know what I mean? Just. Non-player characters. Essentially. In the video game of your life. Essentially. There's some that I'm like, oh, yeah, where'd they go? But uh, I suppose that's the nature of comedy here. Mm-hmm. Comedy anywhere. Yeah. The turnover rate is tremendous. Burns so bright yet so fast. Pre-pandemic, my home club was the Comedy Underground. What a treat that place was. I... I, I loved that place it was uh it was easily the best stage time in the city yeah i got to open for tom rhodes there oh wow tom rhodes mailed me uh, a handwritten letter recently well somewhat recently yeah what'd he say uh just nice things mostly and then uh he gave me a copy of his digital download card for his album you know it was like a a boilerplate nice letter sure but handwritten though he sends it to all his openers yeah yeah it's a gentleman he gives me some advice on instagram occasionally real real gentleman he was 
Tom Rhodes was a uh, big influence on me as a kid because he was like the poster boy of Comedy Central when that first started. Mm. And I had neglectful parents who let me have cable television in my bedroom in elementary school. And so I mostly watched Comedy Central, and Tom Rhodes was like the man. He's a Rhodes scholar. Yeah. He's his career is pretty impressive if you're not if you're familiar. I have actually the first time I'm hearing about him, so Oh. Well he had a Dutch T V show for a while. He's ah. like, uh he's a world comedian. He travels the world and does comedy. He doesn't just tour the US. He like Is he is he American? He is American. But he got a TV show in the Netherlands. Yeah. In huh. like the early two thousands or nineties maybe. Uh yeah, like I said he was like the poster boy of Comedy Central when they came out and uh had a network TV show, very short-lived, called Mr. Rhodes. He was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, all-around nice guy uh, and friendly, very friendly and nice. Nothing but nice things to say about Tom Rhodes. And he's just a legend. He's just, like, a legend of comedy and because he, like, he's one of those comics. That, like, his last album is called, like, Around the World, I think. And it's just, like... He does like every track is in a different city around the world, and, That's he, pretty cool. and he does jokes about that city. In yeah, that yeah. City. Recommend it. I highly, it's a good one. Man, I'd love to hear what he has to say about Johannesburg. Uh, he might have been there. He went. Yeah. To, he went to Ulaanbaatar. Oh yeah, Mongolia. Yeah, he d- he did a comedy show there. Got to got to get all your yak and water buffalo material ready. Yeah. When you're in Mongolia. He, yeah. I didn't realize that Lake Bacall was as deep as it is. It's the deepest freshwater lake in the world? Yeah, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize, like, how deep it... Like, it's bananas deep. Like, yeah. It's, like, a mile, maybe? No, may, I don't know. It's, like, deeper than... Like, you could fit, like, several uh, 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 Statues of Liberty in there. Is that where we're hiding the rest of them? I think so, yeah. Huh. I had no idea. Like, I knew it was deep, but yeah, I, I yeah. didn't realize it was, like, that deep. Like, it, that is so weird and bizarre. Yeah. Huh? What, else are they, what else do they have in Russia? Uh, I mean, that's Mongolia. But is it? Yeah. Huh? Guess I'm wrong. I think it's in, I'm ve- I'm pretty sure, I mean, it's all Russia. Yeah, but yeah. But, like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's in Mongolia. But, uh they must send drones down to the bottom and just find all sorts of like ancient Mongolian stuff. Weird fish. Maybe some weird fish. Yeah. I mean, like maybe the pressure would be so much and just like whatever, but it's not even salt water. So like, uh, I don't know if that would help or hurt preserving things. Yeah. But I don't know. There's gotta be some crazy shit down there. Crazy shit. I know they, uh, dig like thousands of year old worms out of the permafrost up there yeah and some of them come back to life when you heat them up yeah that's fucking terrifying yeah it's like that uh x-files episode where they dig the worms out of the permafrost and they come back to life right yeah and then they found some life i believe uh, in lake vostok in mm. in antarctica and it's like a underground it's like a it's a fresh Freshwater? I think it's freshwater. Yeah. Uh, pool mm-hmm. underneath the ice in Antarctica. Yeah. And somehow it's not frozen. Methane gas. What maybe. is it? Some sort of like newt? 
some sort of blind I don't cave think salamander. I don't think, I don't think it's that advanced. I think it's nah. just like microorganisms, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's get out there. Let's get them on the podcast. Yeah. See what they have to say. And then there's, you know, a chance that there's life on Europa, the one of the planets of... Uh, moon's like, a, moon's a Jupiter? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Titan, maybe. That's on Venus. That's the one of the planets on Venus. And also... Uh, talked about by Kurt Vonnegut in my favorite Kurt Vonnegut book, Sirens of Titan. Also my favorite Kurt Vonnegut book. That's your favorite oh, one? Oh, it's so good. It's the, it's, the, it's the one book I've read maybe the most times. Mm-hmm, I've read it several mm-hmm. several times, and yeah, it's just my favorite one. It's just like all over the place. Uh, it talks about essentially my hometown, Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, it's all over the place, but also like concise and... I, th- I think it might be the most Vonnegut Vonnegut. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you, Mr. Rosewater is also pretty premium Vonnegut that doesn't get talked about as much. Uh, th- that one's a lot more like man's folly than like uh, sci-fi. Yes. Yeah, it's almost But like, he gets abducted by aliens at the end. That's true. He does get abducted by aliens. I haven't read that one in a while. It, I haven't either, but like... I want to reread that one because I remember liking it, and then I loaned it to my dad to read, and I never got it back. That's like my – I had every Kurt Vonnegut book, and they just all get loaned out and never come back. Yeah. I still got most of them. I need to get God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater. I don't know why they haven't made a Sirens of Titan movie. I feel like you could – like, I feel like Ridley Scott could direct that. Yeah. I think Ridley Scott could direct that. be a pretty good one. What was that one? Prometheus? Yeah. I feel like that's pretty close to what a Sirens of Titan movie would be like. It could be. Could be, yeah. Or it's just some sort of like uh, green screen Michael Bay disaster. Ugh, they try yeah. to make it into an action movie. I mean, uh, it's not, not an action movie. There, there, there's action parts. Mm-hmm. but What do you think makes it the most Vonnegut-y Vonnegut? Um... I think that there's so many different takes on man's folly uh, just because you see the guy's life cycle through, like, different parts of it. And he has, you know, no memory of it sometimes. And you can kind of see, you know, how his pride leads to his fall even though he becomes innocent of it, basically, by losing his memory. And uh, then you throw in, uh, I, I think, some of the best Vonnegut sci-fi yeah. that, that he's done in any of his books. Um, I know the, the interstellar time travel of Slaughterhouse-Five is maybe, like, the most popular. Um, but I don't know. I, I found it a little heavy-handed. So... What was his first one? Slaughterhouse-Five? Yeah. Or that was like, maybe not his first first, but like that was like... That was his breakout novel. The breakout yeah, novel. Yeah, yeah. I think his first one was what? Uh, Player Piano? Player Piano. Oh, love that one. That's a good one, too. Really the, good the one. Ghost Dance. Mm-hmm. And see, that, that one is all man's folly. Yeah. Yeah. And... Man, my dad... 
gave me a cat's cradle when I was like 15. That's a good one. And that that might be one of my that's probably my second favorite one is cat's cradle. Yeah. I like all the boko no isms. Yeah. And uh I feel like that's a good first Vonnegut to read. Yeah, it's yeah. it's digestible, very digestible. Very digestible. And just like fun. It's just like fun mm-hmm. to read. Have you ever seen the uh Breakfast of Champions film starring Bruce Willis. What? You don't know about this. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good illustration of why Kurt Vonnegut as a movie doesn't work. I need to watch this immediately. It's pretty good. Um, it's okay. When did it come out? Is it called Breakfast of it's Champions? called Breakfast of Champions, yeah. What is, I, I have that one. I know I've read it. Which one? What is Breakfast of Champions? Breakfast of Champions is the one where the car salesman in, I think, Iowa. So it's, it's a Midwestern car salesman. Uh, he basically has like a break from reality. And he's got this weird family, like his wife is a pillhead, and he has a gay son who like works as a. Uh, like piano player in a bar in town and he's trying to build this art center uh, in this obscure midwestern town and he's dedicating it to, to Kilgore Trout okay his you know self insert sci-fi writer uh, character right and you know part of the plot is him kind of going about his thing and part of the plot is Kilgore Trout trying to make it across the country to go to the opening of right. this art center. And it's all kind of set against the background of uh, the detonation of a neutron bomb in another Midwestern city. And neutron bomb, it, it doesn't hurt property, but it kills organic life. Right. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of again, sci-fi and man's folly in the face of technology we can't understand. Yeah, I haven't I know I've read them and it's been like a while though. A, a lot of them really run together. Yeah. Uh, just cuz there's so many in jokes and like it's the same kind of plot threads and thematic elements being examined in every one and you know, you've got Trout in all of them. You've got the Rosewater Foundation in a number of them. Uh, it's a really, I don't know, you can make like a massive multiplayer online world kind of game just in the Vonnegut universe. I think that might be the best way to like explore it, not as a movie, but as like, a, you know, you call it a game, but it would almost be more like an extended long form visual novel that was also like open world. Right. Yeah. Nobody would buy it except for me. I could see it. Just like different yeah, sections yeah. of the map would be different books. Mm-hmm. And overlaying parts, maybe. You could do that with like the David Lynch canon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Dune world. It's coming. I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna milk that Dune franchise for all it's worth. They are now. I just yeah. I saw it at home recently, and then I went to the theater last night and saw it. And the new one, the new one, yeah. 
I like it. It's very visual. It's yeah. very good. Uh, there's some goofy parts in it for sure, but uh, I thought it was pretty true to the book. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and I'm looking for forward to the second one. Excellent. Which, like, I mean, they got to do it like, like the second one's got to come out this summer or something, right? Yeah. Like that's how they did the Hobbit. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, like Lord of the Rings, right? Like, they, there's no way they like didn't just film the whole movie. So like they've got to have the second. Part oh of the yeah, movie. they like, they they were probably starting production on the second one immediately after the first one was done. Right. Yeah. And so like they got to have the second one like pretty much done at this point. Like. Yeah. So like, hopefully so. Hopefully they put it out sooner than later. You know. I don't think that people want to wait for things anymore. Like putting it out oh, in, no. in like six yeah. months because you think people will want it more is like I don't think that'll work. I think if you could put it out. In six weeks, people would want more. I mean, I, I think six months, six to eight months would be kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. Because people still remember it, and it gives you enough time to kind of polish it up. Yeah. But not like how things used to be where it would be years between sequels. Right. Yeah, people do not have the attention span for that anymore. No. Although, and I don't want to delve too far into this because it will be – boring and but i am excited what the mcu is doing oh what are they doing well just the way they're going with oh, yeah, yeah. The, the new spider-mans mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. setting up mutants to start coming in i'm a i'm a big x-men fan sure like, that's what i like about the mcu and so i want them to repurpose the x-men and make it like better you think they'll do it better than fox did yeah yeah i think so that that first X Men was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. X Men Two also pretty good. They're it, all pretty it, good. It, it was pretty steep downhill after number two. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I just want them to do it right. Like I thought with, uh, I thought that the new Suicide Suicide Squad Suicide Squad Two. Yeah. Really was visually good. Mm-hmm. The acting was mm-hmm. good. The writing was good. I think it moved the genre ahead. I think that that is the best superhero movie made to date. And uh, I think they took all of the things that worked with Watchmen and mixed it with like super bad and sprinkled a little Nick Cage crazy on top and like really pushed the genre ahead. So like, in my opinion, what a lot of these superhero movies have been missing are the really canonized uh, classic suits like i don't want the x-men in black leather suits give them the real fucking suits yellow spandex i mean you can make it you could tone it down a little bit you mm-hmm. could you know you could like dress it up a little different but like you yeah. want them to look like they're iconic i want them to look iconic yeah. yeah make them look iconic like and cast wolverine as a literal five two man like make him tight like that's what makes wolverine like wolverine isn't cool because he's six two yeah like he's cool because he's five two and he's like a little ball of fury. Just pull a short, drunk Canadian out of a bar fight while he's blacked yeah. out and put him on the soundstage. You know, stage. Danzig was supposed to play Wolverine at one point. Yeah, I can see that. But then he decided not to because he it would mean that he wouldn't be able to go on tour. And so he chose tour over playing Wolverine. Yeah, everyone's got priorities. But, like, can you imagine the Wolverine Danzig movie? Like, it would be not good. But, like, it would be amazing, though, at the same time. It would be a, a curious cultural artifact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of the comic series Invincible? 
I saw the show. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that? I liked it. Um, I, I've read almost the entire comic series, and I think what they do with the superhero genre, uh, it speak, it, it, it's, uh, it's a new take. Yeah. It's a new take on, like, uh, just the existence of superheroes in the world. Um, I would recommend that heavily to anyone who hasn't seen it either. You know, the, the, you definitely lose something sure. in the uh, animated series. I don't have time to read comic books watching. anymore. I I used to have several long boxes. And mm-hmm. I was an avid yeah, same. reader, collector for a while. And then it just became too overwhelming. And I was like, I don't want to buy seven titles just so I know what's going on. Have you heard of the YouTube channel Comics Explained? No. So what he will do is he will take a whole storyline of comics. So uh, like he did them about Batman, the Joker who laughs, or World War Hulk, or the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. And he will just kind of break the, the comics down page by page, basically. And you're, you're watching it, and he's explaining them. And uh, yeah, basically goes through entire story arcs. And you know, he'll... The, videos will be like a couple hours so okay. maybe you don't watch them all at the same time but it's a really good way to Does kind of secret wars of course i'm pretty sure they do have a secret wars okay. yeah yeah i mean he's a, he's extremely prolific you know it's how a long bit, has he been doing it a uh, long time i think we could get him on i don't see why not that could be fun i mean our fan base plus his fan base yeah it seems pretty huge yeah yeah massive it's the crossover everyone wanted Everyone in this room. He he might be into it. Maybe yeah. we should check it out. Maybe See what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, he's got like 2 million subscribers. Okay. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> he still might do it, though. Still might do it. You're right. Just talk about, just do a Zoom chat with yeah, him. Yeah, right. We'll get him on. Get him to explain comics that can be explained. A, that, that can be one of our goals is just to get him on and just talk about uh, nerd shit for a little while. There you go. What do you think? You want to wrap it up? Yeah, we're about an hour now. Yeah, yeah. Hour and two. Perfect uh, timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. Episode four. Done. Signing out. Until next time, thank you for listening to Rain City Jerks. And uh, buy Blue Chew. Tell them we sent you. We don't have an offer code. They don't sponsor us, but Blue Chew. We want. Type in offer code Big Boners. Yeah. Just because it's funny. We want, we want Blue Chew sponsorship. And anybody else sponsoring us for that matter, but specifically Blue Chew. Yeah. All right. Hymns. Hymns, sure. Sure. Uh, Manscaped. Manscaped. I feel, uh, I feel like we could get Manscaped. Think we could get Stamps.com? Maybe. I feel like their star has kind of fallen. Yeah. Yeah. I would take some Stamps.com. I would Absolutely. take. I would take. Uh, uh, Squarespace. Manscaped, Squarespace. I'd take um. it all. I, I, there's nothing I wouldn't shill for. Zip Recruiter. Zip I don't recruiter. know what that is, but I've heard the name before. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I would shill for almost anything. We will say anything you want. We have no scruples. Yeah. Uh, give us money. Give please. us money. Please. All right, thank you. Rain City Jerks, out.